The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, and empower you to fulfill a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you too can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. We're so happy that you're with us as always on Healthy Lifestyle. We're going to give you some verbal caffeine so we can light you up with possibilities. Today on the show, we have the most beautiful Eileen Marcus. She runs Aligned Workplace, showing C-suiters and their teams how to manage themselves. Eileen speaks on shifting your perspective to accelerate purpose, resulting in high staff engagement, greater satisfaction, and growing the bottom line, which is what we all want to do in our businesses. For over 32 years, it's not even possible when you see her, she looks younger than that. Eileen spearheaded a high-stakes team managing new ventures, billions of dollars, and over 10,000 people. Eileen earned both her MSW and MPA from Columbia University. And she's an author of Managing Annoying People, gosh, I wish I knew you years ago, and blogger for 60 and Me, a tech stars, all-star global facilitator leading Seed Accelerator. And Eileen travels the country mentoring entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses. Eileen is a natural motivator, a cheerleader, someone who must be one of my sisters from another mista, using her hard-won lessons to pass on words of wisdom what she refers to as wows, holding up a mirror to see your actions as others do and what's possible. I love this. Welcome to the show, Eileen. I'm so happy to have you on. So happy to be here. I love that intro. Thank you. Oh, gosh, no worries. Um, I, I love letting people know, you know, what you can do. You're so yummy. We we do similar things as coaches. We love empowering people. There's so many people to serve and we each have our group of people. But I want to start to back up for a second and ask you, because I know you manage a lot of people um, and you help them with behavior issues, right? So why does managing our own behavior matter? You know, people are smarter than we think and they see the underlying emotion. Even when we think we're being even handed, we're being calm, we're being sophisticated. If we're coming at it with anger or terror or fear or anxiety, people can, you know, people are like dogs. They can tell those, those emotional states, <laughs> right? And when we bring that to a team, that's what we might be saying. Oh, sure. Go after that plan. It sounds great. Or let's do that attack. But if you're holding in and saying, oh, I don't know about that. How am I going to explain that to my bosses? What's next? They are going to feel that, you know, that that double messaging and not really feel confident in their own abilities. Yeah, we speak about that on Healthy Lifestyle. The nonverbal is way more stronger uh, than the verbal. So the nonverbal, that vibration, that uh, rut-row kind of feeling is going to penetrate. Have you ever been in a room? I'm sure you have. Um, and it's not fun where somebody walks in, you're having a great old time. Everybody is uh, collaborating. And then somebody walks in the room and like the energy gets sucked out of that room. That's an energetic shift caused by doubt, by negativity, things like that, that means they're vibrating in a different level. And so when you say that behavior matters, it really does. Um, and it's not that you want them to show up genuinely, right? You're not saying don't show up genuinely. 
Of course not. And if you are anxious or if you doubtful, right? So how would you handle that situation? I love this idea. I'm glad we hit on it. I have to think about how I'm going to sell it or let's discuss some of the pitfalls, but let's say it's a go. So just give them the whole round opinion so they're not hearing one thing and saying, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. They're not seeing the disconnect. Yeah. And they're not feeling something different and they're getting this. And and a lot of people yet don't realize they don't go into there. I keep pointing to my my chest because they don't go to their their interior. They don't go to their instincts and say, oh, why am I feeling that way? Um, which if we play, if we really relied more on that and we went inward, we know we have the answers. We already have the answers to majority of the questions we ask other people. We're just looking for validation. We already know what we want to do. We already know what the answer is. You know, have you ever gone to mom and said, you know, I know she's going to say no, but I got to ask her. And you just know that what the answer is, you know, what's right and wrong, right? Yeah. And I, I also say it's not just your 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 gut and your head. It's also your heart, right? You want that balanced triangle. You want to feel that this feels warm and fuzzy. This is not, you know, the squirrels aren't busy up here. They're saying, brain. yes, there are some might be some barriers, but this and then in your gut, it's not saying, wait, don't go, don't go. So you really want that balance of all three things. And we stay in our head. And when we take nonverbal clues from others, we continue to stay there and don't get into our own feelings. Yeah. And what happens too, is when we get into our head, that little cortex in the back of our head that is like, warning, 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 Dr. Smith. If you don't understand that reference, Google it. Uh, that means you're too young. Um, <laughs> but if if you know you get that that sense, you got to go back into your heart because again, your instincts and your intuition, your heart will know the difference. Your head is there to work as a different function. So, what inspired you to explore the concept that reactions can be more impactful than actions? I love this. I'm so glad you love it, and you just. You just said it, right? You just said it. We, you know, the, the brain, the neocortex, the lymphatic part of us reacts quicker by nonverbal clues and other things. So we can have the best laid plans, the best speech, the best, the best, um, you know, way that we're going to approach something. And one thing, you know, it could be the way someone's eating cereal. It could be, it could be a question or it could be, I don't know, the phone rings at the wrong time. One thing sets us off and we react and it changes everything. And this happens all the time, especially in business meetings, right? where we are so ready to give them what we want to say. And all of a sudden something takes us off the track and our reaction is so much more powerful than what we planned. They can tell you're angry, you're mad, you're unsure, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I always told my kids when they were growing up, I was like, truth is words and action, not one or the other. So that's why the nonverbal is important too. So if somebody has that reaction, like you're talking about, we get a lot of what that person's character is about and what they came in. They were, they had a different agenda and now the agenda is going in a different direction. They don't like, and they're reacting poorly or badly. Um, I always say that's a cause for pause. You know, <laughs> I love that cause for pause. We should take yeah. a moment, hit that pause button and just yeah. digest and being present. What about being present? Do you think when you're present, you react that same way? No. 
No, I agree. I'm all about that pause, that moment, that moment of grace, I call it that moment from God where we can actually stop, you know, we can actually stop before we take the bait or act like that. Because once we react and we don't feel good about something, you know, it, it, it's down the rabbit hole. You can't regroup, right? You say things. We talk about, you know, a, a lot of time now, especially as I get older, I talk about people who are dying, actually. And, you know, there are some really nasty people when they're at the end of their life and there are some really kind people this is a hard analogy and i can't believe i'm going here but let's do it so people always ask me why is it why would they be mad and i'm like people become more of who they are as they age and when you react without thinking you show up exactly who you are you reveal something to everyone about your interior right which like you say is not showing up authentic and it's actually letting them see inside of you just like you might at the end of your life where everybody has regrets but it's that that one glimpse into seeing the way someone handles something that really says I want to be part of them. I don't want them in my world. What role do I want them to have in my life? Yes. Managers, mothers, you know, lovers, friends. We want to be in the people's lives we want. We don't want to have that that one reaction that, you know, is in our head and comes from what I like to say historical hysterical, right? Stuff that was in our past dictate our relationships now. Yeah. So we really want to stay in the moment and use anything we can to be present in these conversations. Yeah, yeah, because we we grow and we, you know, I hear people say, oh, you can't change. Oh, you can. Um, it's, it's effort and you have to be cognitive of it because you have to, it's, everything starts, everything starts with awareness, right? So if you're aware, then you can make a choice to change or not to change. Sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm aware and I'm perfectly fine with it. Okay. A matter of fact, an analogy to what you just said is, and and I did this uh, a lot in business, I still do, is I'll take someone out on a golf course because they play very nicely and they're good people for the first couple of holes. But as they relax into the 18 holes and four hours and maybe five hours worth of play, you start seeing who they are. So if they're people who are throwing their clubs, that's how they're going to be in business. If you exactly. see people who are, no, you go first and very polite and that's how they're going to be in business. That's who they are. That's just the core. It's, it's also like dating the first three months. Everybody's on their best behavior. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these things. I'm like, where did that come from? And that's again, because we can only hold that not genuineness for a certain amount of time. So being present really allows you to be who you are. And what do you think about this? Is there safety in protecting yourself or do you imprison yourself by protecting yourself and not really being who you are? It's a double-edged sword. You think you're being safe, you think you're protecting yourself, but you're really closing yourself off. People can tell who you are. People can tell that you're not, you know, it, it hurts you in the long run. It totally hurts you in the long run. So yeah. I think that you have to be very careful. And, you know, I, I love what you just said about the 18 holes or, um, you know, we look at how people pay the, the treat the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant, those kind of things. I think that all of those things are very important about who you choose to be around and how you choose to exist every day. I call it your BS. And by that, I mean your blind spots. What 
what you can't see about yourself. And you're absolutely right, Laura. You can choose to see it and say, but that's who I am. I'm not addressing it. But noticing it and at least knowing who you are is a huge step into how you react and deal with others. That's self-awareness. And there's nothing wrong. Whatever choice you make is the right choice for you. Other people may not like it and you may not be in their lives. And that's okay because they don't go for you. It's it's, it's so, sort of a business. Well, it is a business analogy, but it really goes back to the human, human core. I have a, a client who has a salon and she was getting these people asking for coupons and discounts on Facebook to come to her salon. And she's like, but I, I don't give out coupons and, and, and discounts. This are my prices. And I love that about her, that these are her prices. She knows her value. Right. And I was like, but those aren't your people. There's nothing wrong with saying no. They're just not your people. They have other people who will be more where they want to be. So by being aware, especially self-aware, and that's why universe, God, source, however you refer to your higher power, they mirror you to you with people they have put coming into your life. There's a reason why that annoying person is there. The question is, and be curious, is what am I supposed to learn from this person? Because they're annoying the bejeebas out of me. And sometimes you say, oh, I do that. And then you're like, oh, maybe I don't want to do that anymore because it's annoying the bejeebas out of me. I don't want to annoy other people. Or you may say, you know what? I'm perfectly content with who I am. And those are the people who are what we refer to, and I'm sure you do as well, as people comfortable in their own skin. They know who they are. They're good with who they are. It's okay what other people think. They're centered here and nothing you can say will change their right, you know, their straight upness. They're knowing of who they are. And those are the people, doesn't matter what words you use, doesn't matter what you call them. They're like, okay, I, I call them green hair people. They're green <laughs> hair. You can tell them they have green hair. They're going to be like, okay, but they know they don't have green, green hair, right? So that, right. that, that it goes to reactions influencing our perceptions of ourselves and others, right? Yes. And a lot of times, you know, you're right. We hide who we are. And then when it comes out, it's not good. You you know, you hit on something else. I always say there are three types of people that annoy you. But the truth is the book is really about managing ourselves, right? Because it's always our reaction, our trigger. So there are people, like you said, you know, someone is going to annoy the bejesus out of me. They they are just, they eat slow. They ask for coupons when they don't want to give it. They talk loud, whatever it is. Then there are people that are mirrors. They remind us of ourselves or something we want or something we don't have. And we have to look at ourselves. And those are really hard ones. And then there are people that I call reminders. They could be like an old teacher, a sister, you know, someone that just always treated you a certain way and you never felt good about. And once you know why you're triggered, exactly what you said, you can decide I'm not letting that person in my head. I'm not letting that impact me or boy, I want to go work with that or not today. I'm just going to say, okay, I have green hair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your book that you refer to is managing annoying people. I know you have another book coming out. We'll talk about that in the second half, but managing annoying people, can they get that on Amazon or can they go to your website, alignworkplace.com and get it oh. there? Amazon. Absolutely. And, you know, as you've been saying this, I've been, uh, there's a quote in the book that I think is great. It's an old cartoon that says, good meeting. I totally agree with everything you didn't say. So that nonverbal behavior is really key to how people want to be attracted to you. Instead of you showing them who you are, you're really showing them who you are when you don't. Yeah. I used to imprison myself because I used to protect myself from getting hurt. 
And I literally, not literally, but I had a, a like a, a wall, a moat and a wall. That's how distant I would keep people. And and although I'm a very private person, you wouldn't know that because I, I have a radio show, I have a book, I, I'm all over the websites, but all over the internet. But um, I am actually a very private person, but there's a difference between being private and and walling yourself in. And I finally discovered, and one day I said to someone, I don't understand why this person would think that I would do such and such. And they were like, well, they don't know you. And I was like, how do they not know me? And he was like, they, you don't let anybody in. Do you not know that? You, you let, you're very exclusive of who you let really in. He's the one who, who mar- marked that you have a wall, a moat and a wall. And I was like, yeah, that's probably right. I do. He goes, you're only imprisoning yourself because they don't know the real Lorian. He goes, let people see who you let me see. He goes, Absolutely. because I like that person. And I was like, I do too. <laughs> so, well, you know, a lot of that comes from, you know, these early beliefs that we grew up with. I was working with a woman today who's really had a pretty successful career and lately is not attracting clients, can't get what she wants. And she's telling me about her product and how wonderful and all she did. And finally, I looked at her and I said, so you work by yourself, right? And she said, yes, I'm a solo practitioner. I said, Look at your website. Look at how you talk. You make it like you have a team of people around you, that you are bigger than you are. And people are connecting to that. So they're saying, wait, what's the truth? So you have to show who you are. And I always say, you don't have to give all the 911, all the info, all the detail, 411, whatever it is, but you have to be true to yourself in your comments, in your references, you know, and who you are. Otherwise, they're going to figure it out. And you want to do that way before you're down the road with them and in a place where you can't, you know, really navigate out of it or it can hurt you professionally and personally. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think this is the toughest job we have is how to be genuine ourselves. Managing ourselves is the toughest job we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love that. So what are some practical ways that, um, individuals, can identify their own blind spots and and ingrained patterns of reaction. The ingrained patterns I refer to as blocks, and generally blocks occur between age two, well, scientifically, between age two and 12. And it's, it's, believe it or not, it's from teachers and family members and friends and people that we know around us. And not because they went out and went, I want to really mess this person up or I want to be mean to them. It's because they don't, um, they don't even realize that how they're impactful they're being to you. So, so what are some practical ways we can help self-identify so we, we can become more self-aware. And I know this is your sweet spot, girl. <laughs> well, you know, like you, I like I I I do something I call Goldilocksing, which is it starts from knowing who you are, right? There are two things about Goldilocks, right? The first thing is we all know the story. Once again, a reference, some people don't. You know, a woman wanders into the woods, um, gets tired, finds a little cottage, goes in. There's a big bowl of porridge, a little bowl of porridge, and a medium bowl of porridge. One's too big, one's too little, one's just right. Same thing with the bed. So it's about finding what's right. You know, don't always big isn't always better. You have to know who you are, exactly who you are. But the other part of that that we forget is that Goldilocks was trespassing. She was in someone's house she shouldn't be in. So you have to think about, is my brain, is my mind going to a thing that I shouldn't be doing, right? So is my blind spot evident because I'm worrying about what that person's doing or about what they're working on or about what they're wearing instead of myself? So I think looking at Is it the right size for me, knowing who you are, like we said before, some people can see it and accept it, but no, you know, 
I, on certain things, I need a small size, like a small cup of coffee. I love coffee and I love that we need some verbal caffeine, but I drink my coffee slowly. If I get a big coffee, it's going to be cold. So how much I love it, I'm better buying small coffees. Simple example, but you have to know who you are. And then you have to realize, are you trespassing? Are you in someone else's head, in their business? And that's a blind spot for you because then you're worrying and doing things that you wouldn't want. So I think those are two really good places to start. Absolutely. I I love that. You got to stay in your lane. You got to stay, you know, within yourself. And I say uh, to your Goldilocksing, I say, um, keep your eyes on your own page. Mm -hmm. You know, remember when the teachers were like, don't keep your eyes on your own paper. That's what you really need to do. Comparing and contrasting is never a road you want to go down because there's somebody else with different tools have gone down a different road. Your path is your path and our uniqueness. um, And again, it's you, Y-O-U, unique. We are yeah. all unique. That differential is real, real important. I, I, I love this discussion. I want to continue the cu- discussion. We're talking with the beautiful Eileen Marcus. Uh, if you want to look her up, email her at Eileen at alignedworkplace.com. Uh, you can go to alignedworkplace.com uh, and really get more of her yumminess. Really encourage you to go get managing annoying people. We all know them. We all have to manage them. We all have to deal with them. It's a great, great book. And I can't wait after this short break, we're going to come back and talk about book two and a whole bunch of other nut- yummy stuff. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. If you would like to be a guest or lift up your business, product or not-for-profit, this is the place to be. And if you have a question or a comment, please email us at healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. That's healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. Hopefully I did that slow enough for you. I get comments that I talk New York fast. I'm from New York. Of course I do. Um, So is Eileen Marcus, who's with us today. And we are having a really, really wonderful conversation. So welcome back, Eileen. Um, We had just left off talking about managing annoying people, Goldilocking, and uh, that Goldilocks was really trespassing and that we have to make sure that we don't trespass and try to wear other people's shoes when we should be standing firmly in our own. So I love that about it. Um, and I love some of the practical ways that you gave uh, to really look at ourselves and become self-aware because that self-awareness allows us to be better and show up more genuinely. So all those beautiful things, if you weren't listening to the press app, go back and listen to it because unbelievable information. So in what ways, so I always start with my questions, right? In what ways can understanding and controlling reactions contribute to becoming a more effective innovator or leader? And and, and I'm just dying to know like what your recommendations are. Well, I think the point you have to realize in this is that when we, and I, you know, people say, why did you write managing annoying people? I say, because I was annoying, right? I was a great manager. I managed a lot of people, but I was very controlling. And when we really try to control the dialogue or put our points of view out there first, or really try and, or even try and aren't successful at managing our reactions, what happens? We shut other people down. And when we shut other people down, we limit engagement. We limit contribution. We don't get the diversity of ideas, thoughts, comments, and we don't have a natural flow. 
Reality is, is that business is a team sport. You do not work alone. You work with others and you need to know how to talk with a team. You need to know how to hear things, how to get an assist. So when we don't manage ourselves and we're out there with our crazy, we make it so that people don't want to pass the ball for us, for lack of a better analogy that, you know, or when they do, they're like, oh, this time, but never again. So when you're being in your, you know, kind of um, reactive, your, um, your amygdala is out, your reasoning goes out, you're not making rational sense to your team members. And, you know, there's also another part about it that I talk to a lot of team leaders about. They are looking to bond. And a lot of them think it's funny, right? There's someone on their team that, you know, always wears the same pants and they make fun of the pants and they all roll their eyes and they think oh look i'm making my team my team we have inside jokes isn't this fun but eventually what happens is everyone realizes that you as the leader can turn on them just like you turned on this person and you actually has the opposite effect so the idea of what we bring to it and how we show who we are can really affect the results of your team really wanting to come to you with ideas or, as I like to say, come to you with problems, you know, because I like to know what's going wrong early on. That's very important. And if people are scared to come to you or to ask others for help, you're never going to get off the dime and results will falter. Yeah, without a doubt. I, that's a that's a great observation. And you're absolutely right. You know, it's it's when somebody used to come in my office, and I would say no drama. No, no, we don't talk about other people. How can I help you? What what can I do for you? Um, when as but you shut it down as a manager, because if you feed into it, the people sitting across the desk or the table from you, if you're st- talking badly about other people, what are the chances when they're not in the room, you're talking badly of them is exactly what you just said. So that's where you get that nonverbal, but they get that feeling of, oh my gosh. And that, oh my gosh, turns into an insecurity of having that trust in you as a manager. So I love that you, you go there um, because isn't it high probability that someone in, in your life is going to annoy you. And, and I mean, how many times does it happen in a day, in a month, in a year, right? I say a hundred percent probability, you know, I, I'm not an Oracle or, or, or a fortune teller, but someone will annoy you. It happens. Yeah. Even someone you love or something that you didn't think would be annoying can unintendedly annoy you. Yeah. So yes, it's everything. It's everything. I usually find myself laughing because I usually find that what they're annoying me about is something that I know I should be working on in myself. And yeah. I just start laughing. You know, There's like, the mirror. That's the mirror we talked about in the first half, right? Yes. You see it in yourself. And that's a good response. Laughter is a great response. Laughter changes the whole brain chemistry right away. Laughter, smile. When you get annoyed, like that is a really good response to laugh, to to look out the room, to uh, look out the window, to yawn. Changing your brain chemistry can change the spot you're in. Yeah. Yeah. And and laughter also brings a different perspective. What it does is allows you, I, I refer to it as lens changing. It allows you to change your lens so that you could look at the situation differently because we're all human. We have to remember we're all human. We're going to say dumb things. We're going to do dumb things. We're going to make mistakes. Um, here's the difference. If we can learn from them, then maybe we won't repeat them. Um, it's the people who don't learn from it aren't self-aware. So we want to help people not repeat it. And you start with ourself. Change, as Gandhi says, starts from within. Change. If you want to change the world, change yourself. 
If you want to see something in the world, change it in yourself. So you're sitting there saying, oh, you need to eat healthy and do this and eat clean. And then as you're eating a pizza, what? No. Um, so, so we need to really do what I do in my business is whenever I have a group of people and I'm talking to them, and I'm sure Eileen, you do the same thing, is we model how we want other people to be. So especially as managers and leaders, we need to model, unlike some of our leaders today, uh, we need to model how we want the other people to act. So if you want people to act a certain way um, and to be show up as their best self, you need to model that by showing up as your best self, whatever that means, whatever that means to you. And that's why managing your emotions is so important because if you get upset at someone driving on the way to work, if you get upset at the way your sister talked to you, if you get upset and you bring that into the workplace, they can feel it and they already know, right, that this isn't going to be a good day. And we want to show that I can tell you, oh, I had a situation this morning, but let's deal with this. You can be honest about it but not bringing it in and really learning how to, for lack of a better word, silo sometimes some of those emotions is very, very important. And one other thing that you can do in that is to not talk. Instead of you taking charge, you can ask your, your another person in the meeting, or if someone comes to you with a problem, you could say, tell me more about it. Instead of rushing right in because you're anxious or you're annoyed or you're feeling something, you can slow it down and dial it back and try to sit there. And that's when you can see your blind spots and who you are. When you sit there, when you're annoyed, you can have all these things popping up in your head. And the trick is to say, okay, manage me, manage me, put a smile on my face and let me see how I can take care of this person, not satisfy my own needs today. Yes, absolutely. So, but what are the risks? Obviously, there are risks of not dealing with the being annoyed, that annoying feeling. What are those risks that that we're running by not dealing with it? Yeah, you know, um, I know we're going to get to it, but this is really the topic of my second book. And we're still kind of figuring out some of the details. But you said it before, I want to be healthy and yet I'm eating pizza every day. It's about looking at the disconnect between what we say and what we do. And when I say, yes. But Eileen, you're asking me to be honest with myself. Exactly. Brutal honesty. Stop it. Yes. (laughs) I'm asking you to look at that BS blind spots and be honest with yourself. And, you know, it's that thing that... um, it's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad, right? Like if I want to be healthy and I spend my time and my money, you know, on pizza, then I just have to say, but I'm always going to eat pizza. So it's that beating up. It's the disconnect, not necessarily that you're actually eating pizza is the problem. And I think people see it that way a lot of the time, right? If I do this and I should be doing this. So it's that being mad at yourself, what you should be doing, what you think is right, that a belief stuck in your head that you grew up with that you can't let go of really where is where kind of that lack of honesty comes in. And that's where you have to be the type of person that says, wow, who am I today? Who do I want to show up as? What is really important to me? And then move from there. So isn't yes, that, yeah, isn't that the point of our control where we look within and say, okay, what do I want to, you know, how do I want to show up today? And yeah, it's different. And that, there's nothing wrong with pizza. I eat pizza. So for all you pizza parlors, please don't write me. Um, I love pizza. Don't get me wrong, but it's not something we need to have every single day um, as much as I'm sure they want us to. But um, that was just an example. But, you know, when when talking about it, and yeah, I know that you're it, within your next book, you're, you're talking about managing 
yourself. You're annoying you. You know, the yeah. part of yourself that is really annoying and managing that first, it comes with the recognition of it. And then it's like, how do you manage it? And it's it and what works for you. So how how do you guide people with with really discovering because we don't know what we want until we know what we don't want, right? So what works in the workplace? Does that work also everywhere in my life? Or is this only good for the workplace? I first of all, love that you say we only know what we want by knowing what we don't want. So right? true. That's why we're sage as the older that we get, because we've had a lot of opportunity to know what we don't want. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, if we when we know what we don't want, um, I, I uh, have a, a friend whose child is going through an internship and there's six different rotations. And he said he really didn't like X. And I'm like, that's good. He can X that one out then. Right. So, right. You have to know who you are. So that goes back to like, where am I? What size is right? Goldilocksing, right? What size? Who am I? But I think, you know, in terms of, um, oh, I'm losing my train of thought, but in terms of this, like what works for me and how do I know is about really looking at how we spend our time, our money and our narrative. So it's very clear to me. In business, I work with a lot of companies who say, I want to innovate more. My team is not innovative. And I look at their budget and I see that they really don't have money for innovation, which might be a little tip off. I look at how they spend their time. They don't have any meetings, any uh, any mentors. They don't have anything around innovation. And then they say we're innovative. innovative. So they have to make a decision, right, it, it, about who we are. It's not about we are innovative or we're not. It's about aligning those things. So I can say I want to be healthy and eat pizza. So I'm going to have one piece. I'm going to have cauliflower crust. I might have gluten-free. I'm not going to have pepperoni on it, right? There are ways to uh-huh. explain it. <laughs> there are ways to align it. And and I think we get stuck with, if I do this, I'll do that. So I spend a lot of time um, working with companies about how they actually spend their resources, their money and their time. And then what are the results they help to get? And are they actually, are they aligned? So, um, you know, a, another good example that I use a lot lately is one for myself and my personal life. So I'm trying to take this concept that I could very quickly look at a spreadsheet, look at, you know, come some staff staff um, descriptions and stuff like that. Look at the team meetings and say, here's the problem. You're doing this, but you're not focusing on that. And in my personal life, I look at it kind of through my writing, right? I was spending my time and my money on my writing, but I was never writing. So it was like I was buying books, I was writing classes, I was listening to authors, but I was never actually sitting down and writing. So it wasn't right or wrong. It was the balance and the alignment. And I have to really be able to look at what aren't I doing to get me that result? What am I saying about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also you have to look at sometimes you're in preparation. There's okay. It's okay. Because we need those tools. There's a reason why you're doing it. We may not understand it. But the reason why is we need those tools in our toolbox in order to get us here. Because all the things that we've, if you've ever had different jobs in the past, I know both of us have different jobs in the past, all the tools from the previous job help us in the job that we're currently in. So so by having a lot of exposure and experience, we have all those tools in our tool belt that we can whip out at any time that actually serve us in this job at this moment. So when you were doing that, I call that the preparation stage. You weren't ready to write, but yet you were also might've been using it as procrastination. We have to look at that. Were we really creating a, a strategy saying, 
these are the tools I'm going to learn and then I'm going to start to write? Or could you have been doing it simultaneously? If I was your coach, I would have been saying, hey, why aren't you writing a little bit while you're do- learning these tools? So, Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because one of the things about this is the progression. So this was two years in and I was doing the same strategy. <laughs> so something we use a lot, of, I use a lot in coaching and I'm so, sure you do too, is what got you here will not get you there. Yes. So, got me ready to do it. I was clinging to that, right? Because it was safe, that double-edged sword. I was telling myself I'm a writer because I went to classes and I had to really look at how I was spending my time. I was buying single day classes or hour classes. I wasn't committing to a manuscript group. I wasn't really a, a member of a writer's group that met every week. So, right, the, 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 the resources were somewhat aligned, but they were in the wrong category. So you have to really dig into how do I spend my time? How do I spend my money what did i think the result would be and then why isn't that happening awareness and and self-alignment self-awareness you know so you really dug down I call it your life budget, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we only look at our budget if will I have enough retirement? Will I have enough to get my kid through school? Will I have enough for a new house? You know, can I afford a dog? Maybe a second car, right? But it's really about how are you actually budgeting your most important thing, your time, and then your money for what you really want. I really want to be a member of my community. So maybe, you know, that's, you know, it's not about the money. It's about I need to join a, a, a town board. I need to be on, on uh, you know, be involved in some planning for the annual parade, whatever it is. So it's about really looking at the result and working backwards to what's not aligned to get you there. Yeah, yeah. And that that you need to be curious about yourself. And that goes back to what you were saying about what works for me. And and you really need to be thoughtful and find out what works for you. And I love that the the new book is, is, you know, the first book is what, you know, dealing with or managing annoying people. And the second book is really talking about managing the annoying self. Right. And, um, and I think it's, what is it, isn't it a collection of um, vignettes about a lot of different things that, that you could refer to. And I love those. It's like chicken soup for the soul for my, my coach, Jack Hanfield, um, little plug there. Um, But he, uh, by putting those vignettes together, you find the connection and you can see yourself in the story. That's why reading is so, 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 so good and invaluable. Shut off the TV. Read because you can connect yourself with what you're reading and then you can better yourself. And I think that's what we're looking for. You know, Goldilocks may have been trespassing. Goldilocks may have had to discover what she really wanted by understanding what she didn't want. This was too small. This was too big. This was just right. But the other thing she was discovering was what she wanted and what she wanted was really important. I think the owner of the house wanted her out, but that's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) right it's a different story but um so so why don't you if you don't mind i'm going to ask you could you provide a few simple steps that our listeners can do right now because you know me especially if you've been listening to me for over the last six seasons you know me that i want you to take action now 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 we need to take action so what can they do to start right now you know this is a very unpopular one but look at your credit card bill Look at what you're spending money on. And I understand that not all your money is discretionary. Discretionary is things, right, that you have choice over, that you have to pay your car insurance, your, you know, rent, your mortgage, whatever it is, your your food bills. But really look, um, and if it's cash, really start tracking what you're spending. And it's not something that you have to do for months or years. And it's not like, you know, I, I mean, like me, I like to get my nails done. It's not like I say, oh, I'm not going to get my nails 
nails done. No, how much does it cost me to get my nails done? And time and energy, that goes in my budget. Be really, once again, honest and really start looking at your credit card bill. And you'll see, I always say, right, I want to be charitable, but there's not one charitable donation here. Do the same thing with your calendar. Look at your time. I say I want to get together with my friends. I say I want to get outside more. I say I want to get to the museum. Did I pencil that in? Did I make any effort to do it? And my life is busy. Maybe I can't. Can I do it online? Can I just have a conversation? What is one step I can take towards that one baby step? You know, I really, um, a lot of us, you know, it's an old story, want to clean out our closets, want to get rid of what doesn't work for us. Because, right, that's another problem about managing annoying me. It's like, you know, I'm reaching over the things I don't wear because I think I should to get to the things that I always wear. But I look at it like this. If I go into my closet and say, oh, my God, I want to clean it out and I bring it down to the basement or I bring it to the dump. Excuse me. We have local transfer stations here. I bring it to the transfer station or Goodwill, you know, and it's gone. Then I'm like doing the favorite American pastime, second guessing. Should I have gotten rid of that? Wasn't that good? Maybe I should have done that. But if I take baby steps, first separate my closet into what doesn't work and what does. Then put it on a chair in the room. Then from the chair, bring it to the basement. From the basement, put it in a bag. Eventually, it's going to be gone. The things that were meant to come back will. And I've done it. So what are those baby steps in your budget, right? In your food? Do I really, you know, do I need lobster every night this week? Or maybe there's something else I can eat. Can I buy some things on sale, right? Or, you know, what am I spending money on? I mean, you know, I know so many people that um, don't even think about, you know, they don't understand like just how the money is, is leaking out and it's the, and then they don't have it. So looking at your budget, it, it's not painful. It's just information. It's like your blood pressure. It's just information. Yeah. Then you have to decide what you want to do with it. So yeah, I just cleaned out my closet, did the same thing, made little piles, donation piles, things that I was going to keep, things I wasn't going to keep. And I really cleaned out my closet and I felt really good about it. And it was messy. It's going to get messy. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what it's supposed to. Change offers messy, but change offers opportunity. And I love that. Eileen, you are so wonderful. I want to have you back. You have so much yumminess to share with us. And I definitely want to have you back when you have your um, your new book finally launched, your second book launched, and um, and bring back all that yumminess too, because we love having you here. You're so, so grateful. Thank you. So right back at you. <laughs> thank you, my darling. Uh, thank, thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I hope we earn the privilege of your time. Again, I want to thank our guest today, Eileen Marcus. Uh, you can find her at alignedworkplace.com. Any other way to reach you? Eileen at alignedworkplace.com and LinkedIn, Eileen Marcus. I love LinkedIn. Beautiful. In the meantime, look for our show next Saturday at 3 p.m. We can be found on all major platforms, so we would be so grateful if you please like, follow, share, and subscribe. Until next time, I am Coach Lorianne Castia. Play a higher role, serve a higher purpose, show up for you, and show up big. Thanks again, Eileen. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors.